0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at Champacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VDW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Recorded live. All righty, uh, this is uh, session three of uh, Happily Ever After with uh, me and Rita Fiaro, uh Team One Leader, the Team One Leader, come in. <laughs> And um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, there's man. no
2: coming back from T1 team, team leader. Like I'm <laughs> just, really getting it now.
1: Yeah, we just like, can't. When you
2: said you, there's no coming back from it. Yes. Yeah. There's no. There's no coming back from yeah, it.
1: You can't. You can't undo. It. We had a yeah.
2: course with a ton of breakdowns, and like yeah. folks were just staring around, and I was like, I, I didn't make teams and teamwork, but I was just like, take care of that, take care of that, take care of mm-hmm. that, take care of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> There's just like no coming back from that.
1: <laughs> so, um.
2: And I feel so bad for my current team one team leader because I what I what I missed in the beginning I was trying to make myself small, and now yeah. I realize I was like it's really hard for him to be leader with me in the room. <laughs> that's, mm.
1: really well, that's one of them. his blind spots as a leader. Let him realize that. That's one of his yeah, blind spots no. as a leader. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, you can help. Are you as committee colleague? No. Oh. And he
2: conveniently, And he conveniently chose a weekly team meeting that I can't make. Oh. So I'm just seeing something. I just saw something on this call with you. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: What, what, what is that you just saw?
2: Um, that it's possibly like not having to deal with me.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's one of his blind spots. Yeah, yeah, not yours. So. Yeah. Because, so. um, yeah, because, you know, I'll talk about it for another minute or so is that um, when you are team one leader and you still on team after you're a team one leader, depending on how much you love the position and how much you got from it, the team becomes yours. You know, if it doesn't already belong to somebody, like the most popular person or the most influential person, and uh he's still feeling like it's kind of like yours but y'all still early in the game right
0: yeah
1: yeah so he, yeah. he'll get it. he'll get through it sorry so i was about to say something and uh yeah and uh i forget where i was going to say because i said so many other things that i didn't it out um he um, was talking about um knowing yourself let me see here uh
2: you were saying that there are people the people who've joined this are like one of three types. Like either they don't know themselves or they don't know they don't know if they want to stay in this relationship.
1: Yeah. Oh and then you oh. were gonna
2: give me an example.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you know who you are, circumstances don't shake you anymore. So when you understand love, then one of the uh then you know, you just use love as a measure for measurement for uh Effectiveness for clarity for for like a quality control standard. You now remember um, reading in conversation with God the first time I ever heard this question it blew my mind. The question was, what would love do now?
0: <laughs>
1: and I was like, wow. So the question then would, would be, what would appreciation do now? What would generosity do now? What would you know, not intelligence do now, like that, you know? And so rather than you trying to figure everything out, put yourself in the zone of the principle that you feel would be the most effective for you, since that's who we are. Anyhow, we are creatures of principle, whether we know it or not, whether we use them consciously or not, we still are. Because if you see somebody that's always upset, you know, bullying, those are the principles that they're using. It's not just an emotional state. It's the emotional state that comes from being in that principle. Does that make sense?
2: No, say it one more time. I didn't get it.
1: Okay. So, when somebody is angry, even if you're sitting there and you can see that their face is non-committal, like they've got a poker face, but you still smell the anger in them, the odds are, whatever they do, unless they become conscious, is going to do something that's an expression of anger, whether it be, huh, or, you know, dirty look, or get up and stomp away, or fight, and either way, they're, they're taking actions based on what would anger do now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So, you know, what would love do now is what makes people, you know, not necessarily happy to change their child's uh, p- pampers, but, you know, but they do it because that's what love would do. They don't say that to themselves, you know, but mm-hmm. they're letting love guide their decisions or they're letting, you know, abundance guide their decision. You know, follow what I'm saying? Because, like, something happens, then we have a thought about what happens. Then we feel a certain way about what happened, and then we do something about it. it take some action. be do have kind of like it you know? so um so the beingness is the principles that I gave you in session one, but that's just some of them there's like thousands and um did I ever tell you where i uh, how i got how I created those uh how where I came from those principles where I came with that idea? Did I ever tell you that no. Let me tell you how I got came to that conclusion. So I'm in team one, either quarter two or quarter three, communication access to power. And I'm sitting in the room. We just came back from probably a lunch break or something, um, you know, one of the 30-minute breaks, and, you know, I don't know who it was that was leading. Maybe it was uh, Carlos L. Smith or somebody. But anyway, whoever it was is up there and having people share what happened on their phone calls, right? Practice communication. And uh, I don't know, I think it was a lady that was then up there. She was sharing. And she was sharing, sharing, you know. And all of a sudden, I felt the room almost go into tears. Just, it just moved the room. I, I actually got moved physically, I mean, emotionally. You know, like, like, woof. And I was like, wow, what she just said, it was like love ran in the door. Like she finished that sentence, love ran in the door, changed the whole environment, right? So I said, wow, I wrote that, I thought about that. And I was like, gee, I wonder what else happened. So I started listening, and for the rest of my team one team leader, quarter, team one uh, year, I would write down any qualities that made that happen while I was in the communication access, the power, and power to create the system. Or after a while, just anywhere. So by the time i left team one i had at least 57 of those qualities and 67 of the opposite because i listened for those too and that's where that came from team one year my nice. year yeah like wow that was heavy that was heavy so you know like principles guide us because we're human beings and what are we being principles So when you know who you are based on principles, you know what principles really guide your life, then circumstances don't matter. Because the intangible, you know, roots of love and um, generosity or, or impatience and intolerance, that's, you're only going to take actions based on those, those principles that you're experiencing, usually experienced as feelings, emotions, which is interesting because that's what we talk about today. Not managing emotions. Alrighty. That's a double. Yep, that's a double-edged sword. Not managing emotions. You know why? I've said um, it before. I'll say it before. But yeah, again, yeah, let, let me hear if you can remember it.
2: You said a double-edged sword.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a double problem. Not a not a single problem. Not managing emotions. Well, yeah,
2: because like then. Oh, given like the priorities you were talking about, if you don't manage your emotions then you're not taking care of yourself and then you're not taking the relationship and then you can't take care of your partner.
1: Yeah, see, not know not managing emotions is not the same thing as not, not knowing how to manage emotions or knowing you should be able to manage emotions. See, if you Yeah, know, yeah not I'm sure. sure. Right? So it's like a double problem. It's like you don't even bother don't managing even your emotions. no, right. he
2: don't know. He doesn't know how to do it.
1: Right, 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 exactly. He so knows. So anyhow, you know, it's been a few weeks since we had our last session, so I want to know what you got from uh, the gender differences uh, session. Let's just get a recap of that. I know I talked about um, you, your partner in the space in between, called a relationship, right?
2: Yeah. Um. I think I've mulled over it. Okay. Um I hmm.
1: So
2: there's a question, what do I remember? What 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 is the question?
1: Well the question is what do you remember, what do you what did you see, what did you experience, you know, did you get nothing out of it? Oh, I know you didn't get nothing out of it, but like did it not really have that much of an impact on you? No, I think
2: it's had an impact. I think I just, I can't see the impact yet because I'm not in a relationship. Okay. Um. And I can see that there's like my level of confidence and value has shifted both you uh-huh. know, through team and my work with you. Okay. So there's someone I like and like in the past I would have just like, you know, gone at it like a, like a, you know, a bull just like, yes. you know, I don't care if he's not showing interest. I'm just going to keep going.
1: Yep. And he's uh, uh, not doing him.
2: that right now. So yep. you know, there's been like interest shown in person, but then like he hasn't returned my taxes. And so I like, I pulled away. Yep. and um, And like, I think the big shift that I've seen is that I'm clear that if this person is not making an effort, there's something in the way. And it yeah. doesn't really matter what that something is and I'm not gonna go on a rampage to discover it. Beautiful. Which is what right. I would have done in the past. It'd be like, But I wanna know, I wanna know why. Does it mean he's with someone? Does it mean he doesn't like me? Does it mean this? And now I'm like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like she's right. not showing she's not showing consistent interest.
1: Yep. Um
2: Actually. so You know, I do think this shifted. So, um, so this person turned out to be. So, he's a single father. Yes. And I think, because I I didn't realize this happened, I'm just seeing it now. Like that, this happened since we last talked. So, one big shift is that you know, I walked into the coffee shop one day, and he's the manager there. And I and I was ready to be like, Oh, I'm gonna pull away completely and, and then I was like, Stop making up stories in your head. Just go sit next to him and talk. Like, what the hell? Uh, there was a spot open next to him and I was like, Oh, yeah and I did that. And well, so we like talked all morning, we had like a really, really good long conversation that was wonderful. And and so I just learned more about him. So I learned he's a single dad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, he's a single dad of, like, his daughter's, like, 10. And I was like, okay, so that kind of makes sense. Like, his evenings are not quite his.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: he's with his daughter every evening, and, like, he doesn't have the same life I have, where I'm sitting around, like, thinking, who am I going to go out with tonight? You know? That's yeah, not right. his life. Right. So I was like, okay, so I get that. And just, like, paying attention to um, the intentionality with which he raises, raises his daughter. Yes. And I don't know how that connects to the conversation we had. I just get a sense that it does in terms of like me paying attention. Yeah. Because I think in the past I haven't. And um and I'm, and, yeah. and just hearing like how he's raising his daughter made me very clear that he knows who he is. Yeah. Like he knows well,
1: who he is. Well that's probably the biggest thing you got out of this so far is that you can recognize when somebody else knows who they are.
2: Yeah. And the other piece is that I I did this, like, you know, I I still have had conversations with my ex around coming to Landmark, and he plays this game that, you know, he'll say no, 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 and then we'll have a great conversation. He'll say, yes, I'm doing it next week. And Uh then the next week comes, and there's, in the like, between that call and the next week, there's a big fight, and then he doesn't want to talk to me anymore, and he doesn't want to talk to me anymore. And he's done this at least four or five times in the past wow. uh, six months that I've invited him wow. and, or since October wow. yeah it's been it, and, and now I see it right now I see the pattern yes and um, what's interesting is that like a, a couple of weeks ago we had the course and I actually called his daughter <laughs> because I'm really standing for him to have a great relationship with his daughter whether he's with me or not I don't care I just want to see those two love each other the way they love each other and actually experience it. They're oh. constantly angry at each other and they don't really experience any love. Oh. And, uh, and he's, she's his heart. Like he, he crumbles in the face of her and, oh. and she lo- adores him, but their they're communication awful. So I actually called her, invited her to an evening session and had a chance to really sit with her pain. Like, she is you know, really in, like, she, I mean, she basically said she she sees her father in the middle street. she's punch him. Like that's well, how angry she is. She like well, wants to hurt him. Got she it. She wants him to hurt as much as she's hurting. Yep. And so I just got present to, you know, how inconsistent he has been as a father and what that impact had on her, which is the same inconsistency that I've been struggling with as as a mate. Um, same thing. Yeah. And um, so I just got, like, present to that, like, to those two scenarios versus the guy I like who's, like, telling me that, you know, he pushed for his daughter not to have a cell phone until age 12, and finally he bailed at age 12 with the agreement that she's going to work on writing every night.
0: Because um, she's kind of like
2: writing stuff in, in school, so going on in school, so he's basically giving her writing to exercises every night, and that's the agreement for her to have the cell. So just like very attentiveness, like a lot of attentiveness to what works for her, what works in her world, what, you know, just really being in her world. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think I, I just that the contrast has been starking in my mind.
1: Yeah. Well, that's excellent because uh, <coughs> I um I just realized something. You just gave me a, a golden gift that when I figure it out, I'll be able to figure out. Um, I'll be able to give it to everybody. Um. And I I may have said this to maybe ten people on the planet. So you ready?
2: I'm ready. I'm ready to
1: be number 11. I won't will, I will nah, hate nah, you for not being first. Yeah, nah, but you're the first one to go give it, give
2: this it to You'll be
1: first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, my, um, so I've been married twice. The first wife, um, it was horrible, and uh, I didn't know who I was. That's probably why I was like, okay, fine, I'll marry you. Fine. Yeah, that's the seven times breaking up, right? Fine,
2: um, I'll marry you. Fine? Wow.
1: Yeah, it so was kind she of asked of
2: the you thing. to marry her.
1: Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. She even, you know, I actually gave her some money cause I was scared. I couldn't handle my own money. So I actually, you know, saved my money for me and she ended up using about $250 to get an engagement ring to show by weekend married. Huh. Yeah. You're not going be crazy. I'm just saying, you know, so anyhow, uh, the second, uh, marriage was somebody in the landmark. And uh, I just want you to know she will have no problem if she heard me say this because, you know, we've talked about this so many times. It's not funny. Um, but it's always been useful, and it has been completely out of respect. So when we first got married, um, uh, the first time we had a major argument was that she was – I only I, I married her after six weeks of, like, talking with her. And um, I was living in North Carolina. She was living in Brooklyn. And um, – you married uh,
2: her six weeks after you are talking
1: to her? Yeah, I mean, I knew her for a while, but I didn't really, um, you know, we hadn't, we hadn't been on a date yet. How about that? Okay, got it. I knew her from the land, from the World Trade Center, so I've seen her around. But I didn't really, like, ever spend any real time with her. Other than did hi, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. You know, when I was a facilities manager, I saw her walking around. But at this time, it was about 2003, and it was when New York had its uh, latest blackout. Mm-hmm. Uh, just before and just afterwards. So in uh, August, I started flirting with her because I came to New York to uh, my, my youngest daughter's 16th birthday. So a uh, Sweet 16, Dad, you, you got to dance with your daughter for a Sweet 16. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, so I got her number, we started talking, and then um, I was like, I don't know about this one here. But then uh, when they had the blackout, I called her to make sure she was okay. All of a sudden, she changed a lot about how she was acting, you know? Um, all right, fine. So we, you know, she called me back up and whatnot. And actually it's interesting because the last phone call before the blackout was to me was like, ah, that's the last time i talked to her. <laughs>
2: Anyhow,
1: make a long story short, you know, I wanted her to come out to, new, to come down to North Carolina. So that, um, you know, we can get to know each other a little bit, you know, like that kind of way. You know, it was, seemed like he was hitting it off and whatnot. And, um, she was like, well, I'm not really dating. And she was in the IOP, by the way. She was in the IOP the time. I was a former staff member. She's an ILP, and she had said she wanted to get married before she completed her ILP. I didn't say uh, rut road yet then, but uh, okay, fine. So um, she said, "No, I don't want to come down there. I'm not dating anybody. I'm not. I'm, listen, I'm only. I'm only. I'm not dating. and I don't have any sex. I'm only getting married." So wow, okay, and then that was that, right? And then um, something else. Um, uh, I had said to her, "Well." Um, you know, the highest highest commitment is uh, is marriage. She said, well, let's get married. I was like, what? <laughs> so for two weeks, I'm nervous as hell. And I said, you know what? Fine. I'm a former staff member. She's an introduction leader. Maybe we can make this work. You know? So we ended up getting married September something, 20-something, September, I don't, know, whatever I don't remember the date anymore, September the 6th, I think it was, uh, 20, uh, two, 2003. And she came down with a family to North Carolina. And, um, you know, she stayed at my place even though, you know, her, her, her mother and her, uh, her mother and her kids, two boys, young boys, um, stayed in a, in a hotel not too far. We had to go and hang out, all that, right? So um, I triggered her the day after we got married. And, she's, you know, she was talking about how, what you know, some of the things we want to do. She said that, uh, you know, she wanted to get a Hummer, which is one of my favorite oh, vehicles. you
2: are freaking kidding me.
1: She wanted to get a Hummer. And I'm like, you need to get a house for us. What are you talking about? She felt like I was cutting, cutting down, her, uh, chopping down her, her vision. So from that point forward, she started getting defensively nasty. So on the way home, because she was only going to be down there for a few days, you know, so we talked while, you know, on the way home. And then I think uh, when she finally got home, uh, she called me, and we talked for four and a half hours and at the end of four and a half hours it was really an argument it was a, it was a seriously uncomfortable discussion i'll say it like that and at the end of about four hours four and a half hours in, she said huh would you say and then i said what i said and next thing you know the conversation ended in 15
0: minutes oh
1: okay got it so the next couple of times we had disagreements i was like uh you know if, if if I cut it off, the conversation didn't go anywhere, and if I stayed in the conversation, then it'll go, and will go, "Well, so to make a long story short. I discovered that the, uh, that she would go through four stages before she became conscious, and so the first stage was she would be uh, denying defending herself uh, about whatever I said, whatever she said or whatever I was talking about for about an hour. And then she would go from to discrediting it, right? Minimizing it for about an hour. And then she would start complaining about how she was tired and she wanted to go to sleep for about an hour. And then she would get angrier and make me wrong for not letting her go to sleep for about an hour. And then something would happen, and I would say something. She'd be like, huh? And again, 10, 15 minutes later, the conversation was over, and we never went there again, which is why I would stay in those conversations for four to five hours because I knew once if I stopped before it got complete, no, nah, this is like it never happened. i are going to do it again. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because as he was talking, I realized that everybody's got those four things. I don't know if you ever read uh, Eckhart Tolle's uh, – um, the, the new earth or the yeah. power of now, he talks about the uh, pain bodies, right?
2: Yeah.
1: I just realized those were her pain bodies. As in this conversation, like it's not so much that it's, that it's her pain bodies. So it's like, I need to find mine. You know, I mean, I don't argue with people very much, but i got to deal with my own self. You know what I mean? But then again, it's like everybody else's. So if you've ever heard of this thing called a uh, monkey mind, the monkey mind checklist, I uh, say it's a uh, 17 up to 25 different uh, automatic ways of being at people are art, and most of them is the stuff that 's on the uh, old model communication or the, you know, the old paradigm or whatever you want to call it now. I forget to call it that one. Um, most of the practices that 's over there is in the monkey mind checklist, right? So what i 'm realizing is that i 'm ready now to see if I can help everybody find theirs. therefore, because the, i 'm pretty sure hers is in that same order every time out. I'm wondering if everybody has that same thing, and so I'm thankful for I'm listening to you. I don't know what you said, that maybe go there. It's like, wow! If I can give that. How much of a gift would that be to the rest of the planet? Cut all, cut out all that crap, you know. So, uh, I just want to say thank you for the epiphany that you just gave me.
0: Hmm.
1: Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I, I think I lost the last passage of what you said, though. What was the epiphany <clears throat> for you?
1: So, so the last passage is. I'm gonna discover my four
2: oh, issues.
1: Got it. And when I can recognize my own four, I can explain it to other people what theirs are. So they I can help people see it so they can get that out of their way. There's the those the it's the four pain bodies. And by the way, those four pain bodies, those are three of the four the uh, three of the four voices. Um the, the three voices that landmark talks to you about, which is your unanswerable question, your point of view, and your act, those are three of the four pain bodies.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't know my act yet. I haven't told me about. Oh yeah, do the rascal.
2: Although I kind of know my
1: my act, but whatever it is, is the thing that makes you angry. No, I'm not sure. Not <laughs> so, sure. So, all right. Well, that was um. Wow, you know, you just helped. I don't know, ten know, thousand people with that with that statement. You don't know. Just saying. <sighs> okay. So uh, today, <sighs> today's emotions. So, uh, the impact of being controlled by one's emotions on you. Oh, one last thing, sorry. So, remember I talked about um, the, the space in between a relationship? It's two part, right? 2 parted part baby, part business. Remember that? Yeah, this is the part baby part. This whole session is about part baby. So, all right. The impact of being controlled by one's emotions on you, your partner, and your relationship. Regret. Alienation destroyed sense of trust, having short term actions create unwanted long-term consequences, being controlled, no excuse me, being considered unsafe in the eyes of others, negative uh a second um okay, yeah, negative customer service experiences, leaving people feeling invalidated, hurt, unloved, etc. uh that list is very short compared to the real thing, but you get the idea. Uh, a relationship's emotional environment. Every, re- every relationship has an emotional environment, believe it or not. The collective feelings that occur between the people in any relationship make up the relationship's emotional environment. This occurs regardless of the type of relationship involved, whether it's work, play, romantic, family, enemies, doesn't matter. People rarely ever pay attention to the impact of their feelings and emotions on others. Because of this, people don't know how they contribute to the quality of the relationship they find themselves in. This also has people be at the effect of how they feel and the feelings of others as if they have no control of their feelings. You have the power to influence every relationship you find yourself in if you can merely remember that you already are contributing to whatever relationship you're already in. That makes
2: sense? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay, okay. You sound like you, I I couldn't hear you for a second. All right, good. An emotional environment can be loving, violent, cynical, fun, manipulative, regretful, empowering. You actually get to say, from now on, choose which ways you want to feel and focus on that rather than on the emotions of others with enough intensity you'll eventually have others feeling exactly as you do. And let me tell you why. The person with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship for at least as long as they have the strongest emotions. So if you've noticed, babies always dominate the space they're in. If they're happy, even the meanest thugs will start smiling for at least as long as they're in the presence of a baby. (laughs) If a boss is angry, they dominate the space they're in, not because they're the boss. It's because they're the ones with the strongest emotions. Their emotional strength often comes from the fact that there won't be consequences for being angry or whatever they're feeling, precisely because they are the boss. Even though that's not necessarily true, that's just how they feel and they believe their feelings, and that's what drives their feelings and their actions. Their emotional intensity dominates much more than their title and often adds to the strength or the force of their title. Not always, but often, more often than we really like to admit. But having the strongest emotions doesn't mean having the ugliest emotions, such as anger, hatred, or intolerance. It could also be the coolest, most loving, or compassionate. That would explain Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi, and Nelson Mandela, for example. If you focus on being loving, understanding, compassionate, or generous to the fullest extent possible, you'll have relationships go your way in the end. So, uh, did I? I've talked to you in the past about the Driving Miss Daisy. Have you talked about that, that movie? Mm, I don't remember. Okay. Did you ever see the movie, Driving Miss Daisy? No, I didn't. Okay. So um, Jessica Tandy, I think she won the Oscar for Best Actress that year. And Morgan Freeman was her uh, you know, lead actor, co-actor, co- right? Um, lead actor. And uh, Miss Daisy was this cranky, old, racist bitch. Bitch, bitch, bitch. And Morgan Freeman was her driver. And she couldn't shake him no matter what. And she was shocked that he was able to do things with the money that she paid him because she didn't think she was paying him that much. And he but he was being responsible. So one day he went uh, he came in with a new car, and she was like, Where'd you get the money for this car? Oh, you paying me good, Miss David? She <laughs> tried she just tried everywhere to bust his house. 25 years later when she's in a senior citizen home the only person she wants to deal with is Hoke, morgan freeman because it took her 25 years to realize he really was on her side and he was in charge of the relationship the whole time thing with martin luther king i don't know if you know this but um uh john f kennedy not too long before he got assassinated was um uh you know, um, Martin Luther King was going to Kennedy about you know doing the Civil Rights Act and stuff like that. What he really wanted to do was um, create a new Emancipation Proclamation uh, and have it be ready, you know, for the for 100th anniversary of the original one. And he, um, and Kennedy was like, "Nah, I'm not doing it, man. Not doing it. Sorry." He just felt like he couldn't get away with it as a as a white guy helping black folks. He just couldn't feel comfortable enough doing it. And uh, so, uh, but what he did do was have, uh, on the anniversary of the, I don't know if it was the Emancipation Proclamation, but Freedom, free of, freedom of the Slaves, um, he had 100 most influential black folks come to, um, to the White House. And Martin Luther King and his team was like, not, not going. Just, and he didn't go. He was like, nah, man, I got, I'm, I'm going to stand on my, my ground, and that's how that's going. And then, you know, after he got assassinated, obviously, it was Lyndon Baines Johnson who wrote, you know, that Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. But he was like, this is going to happen no matter what, you know, because he had the strongest emotions. Um, so, you know, using, you know, um, those kind of examples, uh, you know, you can apply, obviously, apply all of this to, to relationships. Uh, I would say that my uh, first wife... And my second wife had the strongest emotions, even though uh, – because I didn't ask them to marry me. I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> Especially my first one, she was not letting – she was not taking no for an answer. We broke up seven times we got back together seven times. It kept showing up in my face already and again. Oh, my God. So, um, yeah, when you have the strongest emotions, then um, eventually, maybe not immediately, you will have people go, have the relationship – have the emotional environment that you want. And now I'm gonna tell you how to do that. You ready?
0: hmm
1: Okay, good. What are you getting out of this so far?
2: Well what I'm seeing is that with my ex I shifted the emotional balance. Ah, uh, I'm sorry
1: Yes. Since just doing this program right here, we've been breaking up with him.
2: Since, um, no, since being on team.
1: Got it. Okay.
2: Because what I'm hearing is that, like, although I was more emotional, like, I was mo- emoting more externally, I yes. would argue that he has actually the strongest emotions, and so he was driving the relationship. Yep. And so then when I shifted my emotional makeup, it got to the point where, like, I basically didn't allow him to drive it anymore. Got it. So that's kind of what I'm starting to see, but keep going.
1: Yeah, okay, good. So now, how you do that is understanding uh, something called emotional currency. So the way to take care of your relationships is to be responsible for the memories that exist in a relationship. These memories make up what are referred to as emotional currency. Mm.
2: No, you did
1: it. I did. You
2: did it. This is exactly the same conversation I was having with a friend of mine. Yeah. Yesterday.
1: Well, telling time.
2: That, like, the memories... Keep going. Yep. No, because I was seeing, like, both her ex and my ex in, like, the moment where you're ready to completely break away and say, go to hell... Right. They start pulling out the romantic pictures of when you were. Yes. And that and I and I was like, it's just a hook. It's just a way to hook you back in. You don't yes. you don't have to fall for it. That's true. And now I just know it. I'm like, Oh yeah, there goes. Now the picture card got pulled out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now
2: now I'm just like, Oh yeah.
1: What's next? There you to dinner? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And
2: um And so, like, last week, mine pulled out this video, and I chose to not see it for two or three days. It's like, why couples break up? And I was like, it's going to be some bullshit. You know that. And then, of (laughs) course, and then I I read it. I saw it. And it wasn't bullshit. It was everything I agree with. And I was like, that's another hook, right? The mature stuff, right? So, yes both people need to be responsible about their emotions and not blame each other and really stand in their truth. And I'm thinking, oh, now you're pulling out this card. Mm-hmm,
1: not because mm-hmm. you believe
2: it, but because you know I love it. Right. <laughs> yep. All
1: right. Go ahead. So listen, I got this video.
2: Keep going.
1: Keep I got to tell truth you. truth over there. I got to tell you. I got this video in one of my personal groups. I got a group. I have about two or three groups where I ain't got like five people in it because Facebook is like, You gotta have at least three people in the group. i like, fine. So um I got this group It's called uh, visuals of romance. I keep it to like capture photos so I can use it for my my Facebook page and stuff like that, right? But anyhow, I saw this video, I was like, I gotta save this somewhere, man. I gotta save this somewhere. This video is like, uh, no more I'll tell you what it means. So this woman she's complaining, she's complaining. And this guy's like trying to explain himself. Explain himself. Like, come on, man, stop, you know. And she's like, ha, ha 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 he said, listen, no more dick. She's like, what? Ha, 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 what huh? What? Yeah, no more dick. And he's like, yeah, but, but what? I said, no more dick. So you start complaining, to me, no more dick. And so, then she's like, ha, ha. next thing you know, she's like, oh, okay, honey, uh, you know, <laughs> so what you're saying, I know it's not exactly the same way as that, but that was what worked for her. Like he's like, I'm taking a dick away until you shut the fuck up and leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? It's just hilarious video. It's like a, a minute video. Uh, a black couple, and they're young, right? Like, you know, early 20s, late teens, or whatever. I think early 20s. Hilarious. Oh, my God. I mean, if oh, you can yeah. handle, yeah, if you can handle, you know, the fact that it's, because uh, it, usually, the reason why it's so hilarious is women don't say that, but that's what they do. to got Yeah, all right, fine. Maybe you try to get them the sex? Mm-hmm. Turn their head. Know it's coming, right? So the fact that it's, uh, it was done the other way around was so hilarious. I had to say that. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to tag you in, as you can see. It's freaking hilarious. Sure. It's ghetto, but it's hilarious. Oh, my
2: <laughs>
1: no more dick. I said no more dick. <laughs>
2: yeah, I have a friend who whose husband I would love to recommend
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me start from the top again here. I mean it would it work, too. Yeah, maybe, you know? Like, you get no more dick until you leave me the hell alone. All right, damn it. Mm-hmm. If I knew that, I'd tried that a few times myself. I know it was at least two or three women. I could have got away with that. Thing. One one in particular, she was so en- enrolled in me, a Filipino woman. She's the last woman I dated before I did the land on I told her, I was, you know, she lived in, uh, in Queens. I was living in Jersey City. No, Bayonne. And so, you know, she wanted me to come over after work. And I was like, man, that's, too- that's a Lincoln Tunnel. And then the 59th Street Bridge, that's too much driving. i could- I wasn't interested in her that much anyhow. I mean, I liked it, but I knew it was never going to turn a relationship. So I said, uh, "Listen, you know, I gotta, I gotta. I can't. I can't do this anymore. I know we're never going to, like, you know, get married anyhow. So I'm, I'm going to just end the relationship right here because I can't handle this. Just uh, travel. Here. It's just too much travel. You know what she did? She moved to Jersey City. That's right. She moved to Jersey City because she didn't want to break up with me. I could have told her no more That It would have worked. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> are you on mute, or are you, or are you just shocked No, by I
2: it? just, like,
1: <clears throat>
2: just, like, listening.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Just listening. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I've had some entertaining stuff before I to clean up my act, so that was one of them. Anyhow, let me start from the top here. The way to take care of your relationships is to be responsible for the memories that exist in a relationship. These memories make up what are referred to as emotional currency. Each memory brings a certain quality of life to relationships, depending on the quality of the memory. Romantic memories provide romantic emotional currency, but it can also provide intimacy, vulnerability, and friendship. Conversely, angry outbursts create memories of fear and validation, lack of respect, and domination. Most people won't remember what you said or did, but they always remember how you made them feel. Each incident creates a certain quality of feeling and either adds to or subtracts from the desired emotional state of a relationship. Given this reality, it would make sense that creating great memories would be a wise thing to do. Most people know this unconsciously. They do something messed up, or blow their stack and turn around and do something special for the person they just blew up on to try to make up for the emotional explosion. that just happened a short time ago. Unfortunately, they don't know that it's often too little too late. The time to do quote unquote nice things before the explosion is not happening. In fact, if you did it before the explosion, it probably wouldn't be an explosion. Damn it. With enough memories of lovingness, mercy, forgiveness, generosity, and other expressions of love and affinity. Relationships can withstand many strongly negative incidents without a scratch Mm -hmm. and even a few of the worst kinds of incidents like infidelity or criminal activity, not always, but it can. That's not to say any relationship can survive those things, but with enough love and and enough emotional currency in a relationship in what is known as the relationship's emotional bank account or memory bank, relationships can withstand almost anything. One last thing, one bad incident can remove the impact of dozens of happy incidents. Let me say that again. One last thing, one bad incident can remove the impact of dozens of happy memories, so you don't have to, uh, so you don't want to have too many of those types of incidents that happening in your relationships. It's like putting $1 in but taking $200 out. Your emotional bank account can only take so many withdrawals. Of negative emotions, negative uh, expressions. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, anything you want to say about that? Because it sounds like you pretty much got that. I got that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, one of my, um, I got many favorite things, but one of my favorite things is that um, uh, feelings, emotions, are uh, terrific servants, terrible masters. In other words, as long as you're controlling your emotions, you're in fine shape. But when they start controlling you, you know, you, you improv- you're going to have some problems. But you won't know it until after you wake up. So feelings are terrific servants, but terrible masters. You don't want to be run by them. So uh, Anyhow, next, happiness. Happiness is a key uh, emotional state to be in. So uh, you're responsible for your own happiness and self-esteem. You no one can do this for you. You put this on your partner, you're overburdening them, giving your power away and sabotaging the relationship. Find somebody who knows how to be happy and and you know how to be happy. And so, you know, you are both happy sharing your happiness with each other. Make sense? Yeah. Good. Um, let me give you a quick context for it. I remember I was 15 years old in the 1970s, at a time when my mom, I know my mom's rent was between 65 and $70 a month for a two-bedroom apartment in the bus. And uh, I think I was in uh, eighth or ninth grade, and my godbrother said, hey, man, let's go to this party. So it cost $10 to get in there. That's a lot of money back then. right? Bus fare was $0.20 cents or something. Anyhow, um, we go to this party, uh, which now Trump Tower, but back in the day, it was the Commodore Hotel in New York, right by Grand Central Station. And we sit down, and at about 10 p.m., we get in there. And we, Me, Marty, my godbrother, and uh, his best friend Jack, we sitting around, and we talking a little bit, listening to the DJ. Man, we sat, they sat down, you know. And then they got up, walked around and whatnot, and, you know, that was it. Right? About 2 o'clock, my godbrother Marty walked past me. He said, yo, you still sitting in the same spot the whole time? Start laughing at me. Like, eh. he said, listen, DJ ain't gonna ask you to dance and these girls sure ain't gonna ask you to dance so you better bring the party with you wherever you go. And, um, that's been my philosophy in life ever since. I'm glad I got that. As a <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's one of the reasons why you I used to be having, having fun because I'm like, even if y'all ain't having fun, I'm gonna have fun, right? So, uh, that also means that even if nobody else wants to be happy, I'm gonna be happy. So, uh recommend that to you. All right, great. So now cool. next is um recognizing what triggers you. Ooh. Oh yeah, that. I that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> recognizing what triggers you is essential to managing the emotional environment, uh the emotional culture of the relationship you you're in. Having said that, it would be wise to recognize what has you become unglued in the midst of dealing with people. Some of us get triggered by unfairness. Some of us by being accused or abandoned. Some of us hate to not be acknowledged. and Some of us will fight for their freedom even if their freedom is not at stake. Some of us are paranoid. Some of us are critical and critical of others who are critical. Whatever triggers you is an obstacle to someone being us being someone who can manage the emotional environment of relations, emotions do not manage themselves, but they can manage you, and that's because, like I said before, feelings are a terrific service, but a terrible masters I oh wonder where to put that at in the thing <laughs> All right. so now, I want to read you a list of the top negative reactions of humans, so when I say the top negative reactions of humans, what I mean is Either people get reacted by this, these things popping up or this is how they react. So I'll give you the first one is aggression. You may either get triggered by somebody being aggressive or one of your main triggers might be to be aggressive. But in either case, it's a trigger. Make sense?
2: Yep. You can probably go pretty fast on this part because I've done, like, I've done a lot of work in this area.
1: Okay, Keep great. Go on. All right, aggression, anger, and I, I have the definitions for them. So when you get to uh, the recap, you'll see the definitions. But anger. No,
2: you can you can still read through it. I'm not against you reading through it. I'm just saying that you know you don't have to check in with me as much. I'll I'll like stop okay. when I need
1: to. All right, aggression. Um, yeah, all right, you got aggression. Uh, anger. You pretty much know what that is. Uh, apathy, a couple of different ways about that. Absence or suppression of passion, um, emotion, or excitement. Uh, lack of interest in or concern for things that others find moving or exciting. Like, I don't give a fuck. It's actually worse than I don't give a fuck. It's more like, not do I not care, I don't feel anything like that, apathy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's one of the things that I get triggered by.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, you don't go apathetic, you get triggered by apathy. Got I it. get tr- I get triggered
2: by yeah yeah all right I, I get triggered I... by apathy by not being listened to yeah. by asking what my needs are and then having them be ignored yeah and like typically by being condescended on like those are the and being abandoned is the big one too
1: gotcha
2: those those are my triggers
1: okay yeah not everybody you know gets triggered by all of these but these are like the most popular mm-hmm. ones
2: yeah
1: right? yeah yeah then there's uh, arguing, um, bullying. Um, I know at least one person who gets triggered by uh, his reaction to triggering is, bu- being, is bullying, but um, you don't need to know who I'm talking about. Head, <laughs> head, wink, wink, elbow, elbow. Uh,
2: <laughs> I don't think he bullies when, he tra- when he's triggered. I think he just bullies.
1: Yes. Yeah, i not even
2: true. sure it's a trigger. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if it
1: triggers.
2: Trigger. Yeah. It's yeah. Brain type of masculinity. <laughs> <It's>
1: <laughs> criticism of
2: masculinity really.
1: Yeah. Well, he, well, what happens is he gets triggered by criticism and then he bullies. That's that's the that's the connection there. Uh,
2: yeah. That's a good point. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 Criticism I mean, is a trigger. We don't
2: know this person, right?
1: No, no, we we don't we don't know.
2: We don't know anybody. That's
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh dismay. This may is to dishearten thoroughly. This is like it's 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 heartbreak. It's it's resignation at a at a at a deep level. I mean, I have resignation down here uh, as well. No, I actually, do I have resignation? No, I don't. Um, but you could call that kind of like resignation. But it's like, um, just like just can't go any further. It's like you just got no more energy. You just completely lost all up, all empowerment that's what dismay is completely disempowered disempowered in fact i might have to change that to disempowered i think that's more accurate okay. distance to treat coldly or in an unfriendly manner or be treated coldly in an unfriendly manner fear uh that's probably another thing that uh the guy that we don't know um makes him bully when he's fearful. Concern for anxiety, or fear for someone's safety, whatever, right? Frustration. Um, to disappoint or thwart, be thwarted. Uh, let's see, impatience. Um, yeah, impatience, being impatient. Intolerant of anything that thwarts, delays, or hinders. Yeah. Indignation. Strong displeasure at something considered unjust, offensive, insulting, or base. Righteous anger. Um, yeah. All right. Being outsmarted. <sighs> to allow someone to get the better of, of or outwit oneself. Yeah. Uh, people get triggered by that. Ooh. Pessimism. The tendency to see, at, uh, anticipate, or emphasize only the bad under the desirable... Um, Wait,
2: people get triggered by being outsmarted?
1: Yeah, imagine that. No wonder. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: No wonder. So that's the other thing that the impact I have on people.
1: Mm. Yeah, because otherwise they'll just look at you like if they don't know what else to do and they never figured out how to handle it, they'll think of you as being egotistical or arrogant. And if they're Understand it to some degree, then they'll just try to outthink you and outsmart you next. They'll pay you back.
2: Interesting. I got
1: that. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: All right, got it. keep going. Uh, stubborn. Man, that's one of my triggers. Man, don't be stubborn with me. Come on, man, you can be open-minded. Cut it out. Stubbornness is the Last of the top. Yeah, stubbornness
2: doesn't trigger me at all. Just maybe because every single damn person in my family is stubborn.
1: Ha <laughs> ha.
2: You know, like, you don't want to deal with stubborn people. I'd have to cut off my whole, I'd have to cut up my whole family and include my own arms and legs too.
1: Oh nah, you have my like condolences.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it looks like to have like. There's not a person in my family who isn't stubborn. Not one. <laughs> Gotcha. Not one malleable person in the whole damn extended family. I'm not even talking to four of us. I'm saying my whole extended family. Wow. I don't know anybody who's malleable.
1: Got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have like a. you know what
2: Christmas ginger's like at my house. <laughs> mm, mm, mm.
1: Yeah, you got my condolences. We and
2: we're loud southern Italians who's like, who talk to your face.
1: <laughs> so, you know, it's funny, you know, um, <laughs> they, um, there was a video I saw last year, early last year, right around Christmas, not, not 2017, 2016, I saw a video of Christmas where um, this family, it was like a real video where um, somebody was, you know, shooting a video for Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. And then somebody got into an argument, and and um, the younger of the two, I think his son, was arguing with dad, and he got so pissed off he destroyed the table and the whole dinner, and it it went viral on video on YouTube. Like wow, yeah, Yeah, it sounds like you know what you was saying. It's a little dramatic, but it sounds like where you're going with that, you know. So. Um, you
2: know, destroyed the table we didn't get to, but there's, there's definitely yes. been times where whole cable cloths have been pulled and thrown on the floor. That has oh. happened.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right, so uh only got a couple more pieces here, and they're both pretty okay. brief. So what's it going to take for you to be happy no matter what in a relationship? That's a question, not a statement.
2: No, oh, it's not a title. It's a question.
1: It is a title but it's also a question. It's the question.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um Well, I think it's it's like it's the typical, right? So it's taking responsibility a hundred percent for my happiness.
0: Yes.
2: Which means taking care of myself emotionally and physically. Mm. So that I'm not like dumping that stuff onto the relationship. And that when tense times come, I can still, like, stay grounded and not get totally thrown off. So it used to be that when, you know, the sucker, like, told me I was, whatever he says, he's, he's, he's selfish is one of his favorite lines. But, like, you mm-hmm. know, selfish, self-absorbed, crazy, weird, wacky, you know, whatever the things he tells me are. Um, you know, I could, get, I could get stalled for weeks. And so yeah. the being happy no matter what is like okay he's in a place where he doesn't like me right now, mm. right now, yeah. right versus yeah. it's the end of the world that I'm not being loved and I'll be abandoned forever, which mm. is generally where I go, uh, yeah. where I used to go. So yeah. like having my so in the point of view language right so having um, my point of view not in the driver's seat when things don't go well and. Yeah. Like, like taking full responsibility for my perceptions and experiences. Got it. Okay. And the piece well, you're sharing that I'm, like, exploring is, like, taking 100% um, responsibility also for the experience other people have of me.
1: Okay. Well, it's interesting because um, uh, you answered one. And you just gave me a second one that, even though I said it somewhere else, uh, I didn't put it here, so I'm going to put it here. I'll tell you uh, what those two things are. So, um, you know, being 100% responsible for your own um, happiness uh, is – should be probably the first thing. Uh, I didn't put it there, even though I have it somewhere else. Even uh, nobody's like, huh? Why did I figure that? Remember that? Put that there. All right, fine. So I'm going to put it in from now on. yeah, so you need to be a hundred percent responsible for your own happiness because uh, you better bring taking a part. You better be bringing a party with you wherever you go. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> so that was good. Second thing, uh, you said you didn't use the language I'm about this say, but you basically said what I'm about to say, which is to understand others at the level of principle. The principles people align themselves with tells you what dictates their character. And allows you to recognize who they are.
2: Oh,
1: so bottom line, the, yeah, yeah. You said this. You just didn't say it with this language. Understand people at the level of principle. The principles people align themselves with tells you what's dictating Whoa. their character. And allows you to recognize who they really are.
2: Okay, so now I get why his world is that I just messed all shit up for him. Why? Because I actually had him question the principles he lived by.
0: Mm. He
2: wanted to be, he wanted to be with me, but it was like total chaos for him to have to like rethink all his principles.
1: Mm. Yeah, he gave himself a half hour. He'd have a whole new life. Would you say? If he gave himself a half hour to examine that, he'd have a whole new life.
2: Yeah. He was dealing before he was with
1: me. Yeah. Gotcha. I'll tell you what you could do about it when I finish this section, all right? So you decide yeah. to take it on. Okay? You ready?
2: Okay, go ahead. I just, okay, I just saw that because I got it in his world, you know?
1: Yes. Like that's, in that's my cool. world,
2: I've known there's a gap in principles, like principles in practice, and I've yes. like set boundaries, but I just yeah. saw what it, how it occurs in his world. Yeah. Like it's not easy to shift your principles. That's huge work. Like that's huge work you need to be willing to do. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're like, I know because you did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You did it. That's right. Yeah. Okay.
1: But, but you know what? It's easier and quicker than you think once you see it on the other side. You're like, oh, all I had to do was, huh? Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, how do I get to the 24th floor? That building is only 10 stories. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't see the other 14 stories, huh? Uh, sorry. Uh, let me help you go there. All right. Uh, that's how it goes, really. So, uh, anyhow, um, The next one is to love others 100% just because, with no exception or no need for anything in return. That's another way to, that's what it's going to take for you to be happy no matter what in a relationship. Love your partner 100% no matter what, just because. And then last, choose to be happy no matter what, and choosing to be happy no matter what, prior to whatever you're doing or about to do. You already know how to do that. You should add app- happiness to whatever else you're preparing yourself for, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're clear, you're clearing you clearing for, you're going to, you know, an assistant agreement, right? What yeah. what, what possibilities are you going to take on today? Just replace possibilities with principles and put happy in there. And uh, that's how you're going to be happy uh, uh no matter what, in your relationship. Yep. So cool. So last piece. And then I'll tell you um, what uh, the little tool gives to your guy. So um, the only reason to be in a relationship is to be happy with someone who's happy with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, that's not like the truth. It's like an empowering context to come from. You know, you've got your specific, specific needs. You've got, you know, your five love languages. you got your love languages. You know what I mean? You've got your highest aspirations. You know, you got your... uh, Your what do you call it? Your must-have list. You know you've got your stuff. You know you're looking at your triggers and whatnot. You know, Um, but at the same time, you know uh, you got your energy needs and the lifestyle, all that stuff, right? But at the same time, you want to be happy with someone who's happy with you, because then you guys can start creating and making even the relationship even better as you go along. So. Not necessarily, you know, technically, or little, uh, or, or nitpickingly, you know, uh, specific. Not, you know, how do I say it? There's a word there? Um, not being a, 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 a wordsmith about it, but like as a context, as a, as a philosophy, as a view of life. The only reason to be in a relationship is to be happy with someone who's happy with you. So. The only person we can be happy with no matter what is the person who knows how to be happy no matter what. The problem is if you're not a person who knows how to be happy no matter what, you won't be able to recognize whether a person or anyone else is able to be happy no matter what because they choose to be happy no matter what. (laughs) I know that's kind of a wordy kind of phrase there, but I think that was pretty clear. I got what you're saying. Yeah. You need to know how to be happy no matter what. You need to know how to be happy no matter what. And y'all are happy with each other. And that's how that goes. So now, you're going to have an optional assignment. It really should be an assignment. <laughs> Anyhow, you want to identify your top 10 emotional triggers. And you want to communicate them to yourself. So it could look like a bunch of incidences that had you upset in the past. Uh, general trends like politics or religion What about those things you know, really, Uh, the way you were treated in relationships and school or family. The point is to identify them at their source so you can recognize what an upset looks like to you when it shows up. Be prepared for them ahead of time and to not be at the effect of them merely because something happened that came to you as a surprise and you, quote, unquote, just reacted rather than chose how to respond to the situation. So this is an exercise that will help you uh, to uh, see yourself about the same way as you see your mom and dad. uh predict how they're going to act in a lot of situations, right? Maybe not in every situation, but a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they could probably predict how you're going to be in a lot of situations, not everyone, but a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But the person, we, we can predict least... How they're going to react in a situation is ourselves. We'd be shocked for 80 years over the same damn thing. What? (laughs) Yeah, so this will help you become untriggered. I mean, it ain't the only thing, but at least keep you um, in control of your emotional triggers um, in your relationship with your partner when you finally are there. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, good, good, good. Okay, let me see if there's anything else I want to say about that. Um, Nah, nothing right now. All right, so let me tell you, I've got an exercise that you can give him, and you don't have to tell him it's an exercise. I don't know how you would deliver it, but I want to have a conversation with you. You can just do it like that. But let me tell you what the what the exercise is. It is um, writing down the top ten people that he most admires. And those people could be, it um, could be uh, current people, you know, in the in public eye. It could be historical figures. It could be cartoon characters. It could be Bible figures. It doesn't matter. It's as long as it's people that he admires. So let him write down like 10, or you could ask him and then you can write him down and he just, you just ask him questions. That way he don't feel like he's doing the work. He might even feel like you're helping him do them, you know. Anyhow, <laughs> after then, uh, start with each one from the top and say, okay, so what do you admire about this person? So if he says Martin Luther King, you know, he stood up for black folks, which means he was being a stand, right? And uh, he was brave, you know, he was courageous. Let's just say, use those things, right? and uh uh jesus christ because you know he was a man of god you know whatever (coughs) sorry about that so all of the things that um he could um think about that he admires about these people he could say james bond you know james bond was you know the man's man nobody could beat him no matter what and whatever right and then um have him write down for all, have him describe all of those. And it'd probably be better if you do it for him. And then uh, at the end, um, say out of all of these qualities, which one you like the, the five or the five that you admire the most? That you feel most strongly connected to? And then let him tell you, you know, you might have to work with him through it. And say, uh say, uh, guess what? The reason why I did this exercise with you is because I wanted you to see who you really are because these things that you admire the most, that's you. You just don't know it yet, or maybe not conscious of it. But you would not admire, see these things in other people if it wasn't the fact by the fact that these are you. These are you. So I want you to, like, you think about these things here and, and, you know, connect yourself. Whether even, you know, you might be somebody who admires bravery, but you don't feel brave. But that's just because you're not connected to it. It's in there. Otherwise, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't recognize it. You would recognize something else in them. Is this making sense?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So well, I'm just me, wondering,
2: but how do you do that without them thinking and some exercise?
1: Um, I don't know. You're curious. You want you was curious. You you heard about something and you wanted to find out. I don't know. I don't know. Let 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 your let your spirit and your intuition guide you in this. But I'm just saying, if you wanted to support him in getting this, because I'm telling you, once people see this. They're like, wow! I never thought about that, and they they actually looking at their higher self, not even realizing it, you know. So, um, yeah,
2: all
1: okay. right. And this is like, you know, that's, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't guarantee it's, it's going to work, but I know that when people surrender to it, they actually participate in it. It totally works. It's mind blowing. You're like, wow! You know, that great, like and then. Especially, especially guys, they don't have to fight so hard to be great anymore to prove their greatness, their value, their success. Hmm. Well,
0: thank
1: you, know. you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, anything you want to say in, 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 in completion? Because uh, you did know. No, that's, that's it.
2: Okay.
1: All right, so uh, I guess you let me know. You want to do two weeks from today, right?
0: Yeah, let do okay. two weeks.
1: All right, any takeaways?
2: Um, no, I'm just pensive. Mm. All right. just
1: pensive. Well, yeah. you don't have to... Uh, you don't have to... Uh, do what I just said with him. You can never do it, but you have it as a tool for whoever you're going to be with, you know? Yeah. So should you need it. So, um, and then I'm going to tag you in the, uh, the video I'll tell you about.
2: Oh yeah. About to see
1: it. Right. And then, uh, there's another post somebody had put up in the, in the Facebook group. And, um, yeah, I was talking about how to you know, uh there's a video. Oh, it's a video like um uh where a guy's sleeping. Um and the question is, uh, where are we going? That's what she asked him. She wakes him up and asks where he's going. You gotta look at that video, it's hilarious. Oh my god. Dangerous. So anyway I'll put some posts uh comments down there. Uh, some of the women liked it, but uh, you know, feel free to look at it too, all right. Hmm. Give Very good,
2: thank idea. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: All That's right. fine. Very cool. Thank you, All Tony. Talk to
0: you later. Take okay, care. Uh, bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com.